Good morning and welcome to the Conservative Crusader. My name is GOP Josh. Is it Monday already? Weekend. Three-day-long weekend. Felt like it flew by, but I'm glad to be back with you today on a Monday edition of the Conservative Crusader. Um, fighting for faith, family, and freedoms on the front lines of the America First movement. Follow me on Twitter, GOP Josh 20. My gab is GOP Josh. Getter is the same. And we're talking about some non-American news today, which is probably a first on the show. Because Canada and the truckers in Canada are truly impacting the anti-vaccine, anti-mandate movement. Justin Trudeau was moved to a secret location as thousands in Canada protest COVID-19 vaccine mandates for truckers and other restrictions. And if you haven't seen any of the photos out of this, it is absolutely insane. I think they said seven miles long of lanes full of trucks. And they said, oh, this is all going to return to normal Monday. We have nothing to worry about. No, I, I think it's still going on today. After nearly a week of driving, Canadian truckers arrived at the nation's capital this weekend. What began as a protest against vaccine mandates evolved to include opposition to other measures. Trudeau has moved as a precaution. The protests remained peaceful. They were moved from their home in Ottawa to a secret location as thousands of people descended on Canada's capital, secure, or capital Saturday to protest vaccine mandates for truckers and other public health restrictions. Trudeau was relocated over security concerns earlier in the day, though the protests had remained peaceful as of Saturday evening and no charges were brought against any demonstrators. And the videos of this are absolutely insane. The amount of people, and I can't obviously show you a video on, on an audio podcast, but the amount of people protesting this vaccine, protesting the mandates, protesting the overreach is truly inspiring. And it, it inspires me for moving forward. Truckers began on arriving on Friday. The Freedom Convoy began as a protest against COVID-19 vaccine mandates for truckers who travel over the U.S.-Canada border. Canada's mandate imposed on January 15th requires truckers to present proof of vaccination in order to cross the border. Truckers without a vaccine are required to quarantine and take a COVID-19 test when they return from the U.S. Uh, even a five-day quarantine can just throw off the schedule of a trucker completely. I mean... The, the the time in that is such a, a tight schedule that you can't just take five days off. You'll lose so much money, you won't be able to survive. A similar mandate in the U.S. was imposed on January 22nd. Previously reported, Insider did, that the mandates could worsen supply shortages and price increases in both countries. Trudeau said at a press conference that the vast majority of Canadians' truckers were already vaccinated. 90% are vaccinated. The best way to continue to prevent supply chain disruptions is to ensure that everyone gets vaccinated. I'm not able to work anymore because I can't cross the border. A trucker who said he was the primary provider for his family told Rectors, I refuse the vaccine. And I'm, I'm giving some applause today to our... Neighbors up north, and I'm not talking about Michigan because I am in Ohio, but we're talking about our neighbors up north in Canada for, for standing up for their right not to get this vaccine, for standing up for freedom for them, for their colleagues that may be too 
scared to speak up and to truly, truly support medical freedom. Not just medical freedom if you work in in a company with more than 100 employees. Medical freedom anywhere. And obviously, this isn't an anti-vaccine protest. It is an anti-mandating the vaccine protest. And there is a difference. There is a difference between the two as to whether one is an anti-vaccine protest, like some of the vaccines we've seen, or some of the protests we've seen are anti-vax versus anti-mandates. This is an anti-mandate protest. And there's also some other protests going on, protesting the mandates. Kid Rock is canceling his tour stops at venues that have mask and vaccine mandates. We're going to get to that. From the Daily Wire, Kid Rock announced this week that he will not be performing at venues that require mask or COVID vaccinations. There have been a lot of talk about vaccine mandates in venues, people saying I'm not going to that venue because of the vaccine mandate. Trust me, we've done all of our research on this, and the consensus says that this is all going to be done. If there are at any venues, I'm not aware of any, but if there are any, they're going to be gone by the time we get to your city. If not, trust me, you don't have to worry. You'll be getting your money back because I won't be showing up either. We actually scratched Buffalo, New York off the list because of that, and Toronto, Canada, and several other cities we were looking forward to. I don't want to deal with that blank either. If you think I'm going to sit out there and sing, don't tell me how to live or we the people. While people are holding up their vaccine cards and wearing masks, that ain't happening, Kid Rock added. Kid Rock revealed that he spent most of the time during the pandemic in the studio. I'm blanking uncancelable. Or I'm unblanking cancelable. Kid Rock said to the haters, suck on that. There's a new song called We the People. Um, I listened to part of it. There are so many uh, swears in that song that I don't think I can play a clip here on the show, unfortunately. A decent amount of profanity, as the Daily Wire described it. Let's go, Brandon's in the chorus. Uh, F. Fauci's in the chorus. We the people, in all we do, reserve the right to scream F you. Wear your mask, take your pills, now a whole generation's mentally ill. F. Fauci, but COVID's near, it's coming to town, we gotta act quick, shut our borders down, Joe Biden does, and the media embraces, Big Don does it, and they all call him racist. It's a good song. Not a song I can play here on the show, unfortunately. It's a good song. <clears throat> it's kind of funny, to be honest, but it's a good song, has a good meaning behind it. And th- and this is what needs to happen. If you are a conservative musician, if you have a conservative base, and you want people to come to your performances, because I've looked into a couple different shows. I've looked into um, di- some different shows that are coming to Columbus now that everything's opening back up. And I think it's Nationwide Arena, and I don't want to call anyone out, but I think it's Nationwide Arena that requires vaccine mandates, that requires a vaccine or requires a negative test. And I'm personally not going to give my health information to a stadium so I can go to a concert for an hour and 30 minutes or however long a concert is. I've never been to a concert, a full concert, that is. I'm not going to hand over my papers so I can go see a musician. Not doing it. It's just, it's just not my my vibe. And do I really want to go into a, a big stadium nowadays anyway with all those people? People that hate you? 
people that hate people that are conservative, people that hate people who will not wear their face diaper, people who, who hate people who did not get the vaccine. Do you really want to go into a room with those people anyway? Or they're surrounding you? I don't know if that's really my forte, but if I do want to go to a concert, I know Kid Rock's got my back. And President Trump might as well. Okay, so he went to Texas over the weekend, and and he had a speech to assert leadership in the 2022 midterms. I'm kind of sad about this, this rally. It was a good rally, generally. He, He spoke very conservatively. But I'm very sad that he decided to endorse Greg Abbott and have a Huffin supporter, a Don Huffin supporter, which if you look on if you look on Wikipedia, I am a Huffin supporter. I have endorsed Don Huffins. But he decided to endorse Greg Abbott, which he has the right to endorse anyone he wants. But it's very disappointing. It's very disappointing that of all people, he decided to endorse. Greg Abbott, who is a C-plus Republican at best, a C-plus Republican. He's not really a rhino, but he is very, very, what's the word? He's, he's a he's a rhino light. He's not quite a rhino, but he's, he is very, very close to a rhino. Um, Trump promised that if Republicans took back the House and the Senate, they would investigate in the Biden administration. Um, millions of illegal aliens have crossed the uh, country's border since Biden took office and passed legislation barring non-citizens from voting in any state. Um, McConnell and Kevin McCarthy would dis, uh, would not have presented a they have not presented a formal policy uh, formal policy agenda that have released that and. We need to have, and this is something that Mike Carey, who is a congressman from OH15, on his first rally in a city that I went to, and the first rally that I went to with him, and obviously I went to a bunch of events with him after that, I asked him, I said, how are you going to get things passed in a Democratic legislature and a Democratic senator? And if I remember correctly, because I wasn't taking notes, I wasn't recording, he said we need to use this position to take back our ho- the House in 2020, take back the Senate in 2022, take back the House in 2022. And we need a new contract to America as Newt Gingrich did in 1994. And that's exactly right. Sit all of the 200 and however many Republican representatives down, the 200 and some running against Democrats in their district, to them all on a Zoom call, all 100 Senate candidates on a Zoom call, President Trump on a Zoom call, Republican leadership on a Zoom call, and say, hey, or even a conference call, or even in person, I know that won't happen, but, and say, we need to do something, we need to repeat history, and we need to do this contract to America, saying that we will do this, this, and this, we will stop immigration temporarily, we will... Um, Whatever else they want to put in there, we will make sure that taxes are lower, we will reduce the deficit, whatever they want to put in that. And have every single candidate sign it. Not one of those pins, but sign the document. Have one of those for every campaign. Print it out to where it looks good on a magazine cover or something. 
signed by the leadership in that district. So if it's like Ohio's 15th district, it'll be in the dispatch. It'll be in some local papers around this district. And have it signed from the Republican Senate nominee. Have it signed from the Republican House nominee. And have it signed by leadership. And put this out on advertisements. And say, hey, if you vote for Republicans, if you vote for us, this is what we will do. And this is our contract promised to you or you can vote us out. It's that simple. And I, I, I took some time explaining that just to, just to detail how easy it would be. Will that happen? They say in this article from Breitbart that they are working with Newt Gingrich. But will that happen? I doubt it. Because our wish-washy Republican leadership, McConnell, McCarthy, have not truly promised anything that they've held to their constituents and to the state of Ohio. Or not state of Ohio, but to the nation. They're not from Ohio. We need this to save our Republican Party. To save our America. Let me know what you think. This is a, a a different topic than I normally talk about here on the show. I could have wrote an opinion article about that. I probably still will. Let me know what you think down in the comment section. Not the comment section, but in the email box below. Josh at GOPJosh.com. Send in a voice message. GOPJosh.com slash show. There's a really long button that mentions sending a message to the show. Click that and send in your voice message. I'll play it here on the show. When we come back, uh, Trump talks about pardoning January 6th defendants. Spotify is putting vaccine um, little uh, fact checks on podcasts. So be prepared for one of those if you listen to this on Spotify. Uh, Dr. Oz rushes to help an unconscious man at Pennsylvania GOP event and Mitt Romney test positive for COVID. That when we return on the conservative crusader. Welcome back to this Monday edition. Monday, January 31st is about to be February. We have some big things coming this February. Some big things coming this February. I'm very excited for that. Can't leak anything yet. But first, how about them Bengals? I'm not an avid football fan, but I am. I don't know if it'd be an Ohio statist or an Ohio nationalist, but Ohio first. And when an Ohio team is successful, I I applaud them. So congratulations, Bengals. I'm not an avid football fan, so I really don't know what else to say here, but I'm an Ohio nationalist, so props to the Bengals for their success in the AFC Championship game. They will face the Rams in the Super Bowl for $5,600 a ticket in Hollywood. Trump suggests that he might pardon some January 6th defendants. Former President Trump suggested Saturday that he might pardon people associated with the January 6th Capitol attack 
if he were to win a second term as president. First off, this is a Cheney writing this article. I don't know if there's any relation. But I, I just saw the last name is Cheney. Another thing we'll do, and so many people have been asking me about it, if I run and I win, we will treat those people from January 6th fairly. We will treat them fairly. And if it requires pardons, we will give them pardons because they are treated so unfairly. The assertion comes amid efforts by Trump and his fiercest supporters to rewrite the history of January 6th. Base, basely claiming, a base, baselessly claiming the attack on the Capitol was instigated by the FBI and that the approximately 50 pretrial detainees held in connection with the attack are political prisoners. Oh, that's a... That's something hard to respond to without being controversial. I'm just going to say that when you are being arrested because of your political beliefs, yes, it is a political prisoner. That's all I'm going to say to that. The comments themselves could have an effect on the Justice Department's ongoing criminal criminal prosecution of more than 725 and counting members of the mob who breached the Capitol or attacked police outside. Misdemeanor charges that are sentences that are likely to run their course before Trump could potentially reclaim the Oval Office. Hundreds of those facing conspiracy. Uh, assault charges, obstruction could receive sentences that land them in prison for years. President Trump is America's president. Political prisoners. And that's what the victims of January 6th are. The The... the the January 6th rioters are. They are political prisoners. The president, or the, the, the former president, promising to pardon this group of people is absolutely tremendous. He, he puts America first even when he's not in the White House. Absolutely great. President Trump, America's president. Thank you, Mr. President. <laughs> even though he's not in the office now. In the office now. But something I didn't mention was a a press release or a statement from President Trump, and I'm going to read the entire thing in full. If the vice president had absolutely no right to change the presidential election results in the Senate, despite fraud and many other irregularities, how come Democrats and rhino Republicans like wacky Susan Collins are desperately trying to pass legislation that will not allow the vice president to change the result of the election? Actually, what they are saying is that Mike Pence did have the right to change the outcome, and now they want to take that right away. Unfortunately, he didn't exercise that power. He could have overturned the election. We know this election was fraudulent. We know President Trump won. And Mike Pence, not using that power that he had, is not only devastating, it's actually dangerous. And I wish President Trump wouldn't point this out that much because Kamala Harris will have the same power in 2024. But President Trump won. And his vice president, who I have nothing but respect for, I've, I had the, the pleasure of meeting him at, a, at an event. He signed my MAGA hat, but I wish he would have used his power to overturn the election. And that's all I'm going to say on that. That's all I'm going to say. Spotify, which I use a Spotify service to upload this podcast, just to clarify um, 
I use Anchor, and that is a Spotify service, just to make that clear. I should have played Leonard Skinner, uh, Sweet Home Alabama, as the entrance to this segment. Because, simply, they were absolutely correct. Leonard Skinner was absolutely correct about Neil Young, who is the artist who is boycotting Spotify over their decision to keep Joe Rogan, their number one podcast, on the platform. I don't know why you wouldn't want to keep them on the platform. Let's see if this is the the right part of the song. I don't know if this is legal or not, but whatever. Well, I hope Neil Young will remember. I'm not a a, a Southern man, but I think the entirety of America in this case is a Southern man. They're so true. It's so correct. They're so they're so correct. But Spotify is afraid of more boycotts. I don't know why they decide to get someone who gives absolutely zero blanks on their service, like Joe Rogan, and then decide that they're not going to allow him to speak his mind. I mean, they, they signed an exclusive contract. It's not like the podcast I have, The Conservative Crusader, just you can publish anywhere. Anyone can uh, put it on their website. It just says Freedom Square did. Freedomsquare.com, where I got some of the news for the show today. But what they decided to do is they are going to do the same thing that Facebook does if you tweet COVID. If you just tweet the word COVID, it'll say, this post is may have something to do about COVID. The most accurate information, please go to this government website. That's basically it. I'm trying to find an article with it. I don't, I don't read a lot of news about COVID, to be honest. I mean, I do hear on the show, but that's about it. It's publishing his content policy and then it will create a coronavirus information hub is what Spotify is doing. We have, we've had rules for many years in place, but admittedly we haven't been transparent about the policies that guide our content more broadly. Led to questions around their application to serious issues including COVID-19. Based on the feedback over the last several weeks, it's become clear to me that we have the obligation to do more to provide balance and access to widely accepted information from the medical and science communities. Gunning us through this unprecedented time, these issues are incredibly complex. They are publishing their platform rules. Add a content advisory to any uh, podcast episode that includes a discussion about COVID-19. So this podcast right now, The Conservative Crusader, this episode, episode 47, will have a little thing underneath it that says, this episode talks about COVID. Make sure you go to our our guide to um, see more about correct information. And, and Joe Rogan responds to this. Responded directly. Posted a video late on Sunday night to Instagram. Uh, talking about Spotify, which will combat misinformation. Rogan said a lot of people have distorted perception, perception about what he does based on misleading media coverage. He said that he focuses simply on just having conversations with interesting people and trying to learn from them. And you know this. We, we all know this. Anyone who's listened to the Joe Rogan experience knows this. He, he's talked to Ben Shapiro. He's talked to Alex Jones. He's talked to Blair White, I'm pretty sure. I mean, he he's not talking just medical information. He's talking to a span of people about what's interesting. He's talked to non-political people. He's talked to Elon Musk. 
The podcast has been accused of spreading dangerous misinformation. A little bit about some other ones, but specifically uh, one with Dr. Peter McCullough and one with Robert Malone. The most published physician in his field of history is McCullough. Malone owns nine patents on the creation of the mRNA vaccine technology. uh, is partially responsible for the creation of the technology that led to the mRNA vaccines. I wanted to hear what their opinion is. I had them on, and because of that, those episodes in particular, those episodes were labeled as being dangerous. They had dangerous misinformation in them. The problem I have with the term misinformation, especially today, is that many of the things that we thought of as misinformation just a short while ago are now accepted as fact. Eight months ago, if you said if you get vaccinated, you can still catch COVID and you can spread COVID, you'd be removed from social media. They would ban you from certain platforms. Now that's accepted as a fact. If you said, I don't think cloth masks work, you would be banned from social media. Now that is openly and repeatedly stated on CNN. If If you said, I think it's possible that COVID came from a lab, you'd be banned from social media platforms. Now that's on the cover of Newsweek. All of those theories that at one point in time were banned were openly discussed by those two men that I had on my podcast that have been accused of dangerous misinformation. I don't know if they are right. I don't know because I'm not a doctor, I'm not a scientist, but I'm just a person who sits down and talks to people and has conversations with them. Do I get things wrong? Absolutely, I get things wrong. But I try to correct them. Whenever I get something wrong, I try to correct it because I'm interested in telling the truth. I'm interested in finding out what the truth is and I'm interested in having it having interesting conversations with people that have differing differing opinions. I'm not interested in only talking to people that have one perspective. I had Sanjay Gupta, Dr. Sanjay Gupta, and I think he's from CNN, had a very enjoy. I respect very much and enjoyed the conversation. Dr. Michael Osterholm, he is on President Biden's uh, COVID advisory board. Rogan said that moving forward, he thinks he could do a better job of having more experts come on a show with different opinions immediately following episodes that are likely to be deemed controversial. But he's not going to stop. He's not going to stop having these conservatives, or maybe not conservatives, but these people on. And I'm very happy about that. Joe Rogan standing up for freedom in the freedom in the press is very important. I want, I'd consider this podcast press of some sort. Uh, that's why I do press contacts and I try to reach out to people. <laughs> uh, and, and I'm very happy for Joe Rogan. He is truly revolutionizing the podcast industry. And one more thing. Well, we're going to go to one more thing after that. But Dr. Oz aided a man who called out for a doctor and then collapsed at a Republican event this weekend in Pennsylvania. Uh, Oz, who's running as a Republican in Senate, was slated to deliver a speech meeting Saturday morning near Pittsburgh when an unidentified community member with the caucus called for a doctor and reportedly had a seizure and lost consciousness. Oz, a cardiothoracic surgeon, was able to stabilize the man until emergency medical personnel arrived on the scene. Okay, so I know something else with uh, Dr. Oz, why he's running for Senate, is because these old people, these 86-year-olds on the floor of of the Senate who are somehow still able to serve, need medical personnel. (laughs) The man was taken to a hospital and Oz delivered a speech. Oz said he will keep checking in on the man. Good for Dr. Oz. I just wanted to come to that because that's a kind of important race. And maybe we'll be talking more about the Ohio Senate race here pretty soon. I don't know. I'm not teasing anything. I'm just saying. 
Shouldn't tease anything in case plans change. I'm just saying, just saying maybe. And Mitt Romney has tested positive for COVID. Three vaccines, wears a mask everywhere he goes. He will, he is asymptomatic. He will isolate and return remotely. His wife has tested negative. Prayers from Mitt Romney, even though I disagree with him. I still believe that he should live. Even though he's had three vaccines and he wears a mask and he's boosted and he's has COVID. Just, just funny how that works, right? He had it previously, didn't he? Is this the first time he's had COVID? I thought he had COVID before. I really don't know. I don't follow the health status of rhinos. <laughs> but anyway... My name is GOP Josh. I really appreciate you all listening today, listening every day, all week, Monday through Friday, here on the Conservative Crusader. Go to GOPJosh.com for more information. And until next time, my name is GOP Josh. This is the Conservative Crusader. Stay tuned.